0: Welcome to the Role Talk podcast. I'm James Congdon, an ex-digital marketer turned recruitment specialist for the digital and e-commerce space. Now, from very early on in my career, I had a knack for sourcing digital talent and for assembling award-winning teams. I found that not only was I half good at it, but I actually really enjoyed it. So fast forward to today and I now operate as an independent recruitment specialist for our space. This is the Role Talk podcast brought to you by With Frontier. Now, on a monthly basis, I'll invite some of the industry's most talented digital marketing brains, and we'll chew the fat over some of the industry's most contentious issues. From diversity, or lack thereof it, through to the recent salary inflation that we've seen, and more. Now, this podcast is completely free from all of the usual places, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And you can find out more about me on Twitter by searching JC underscore SEO1. Alternatively, you can read more about me at www.withfrontier.com. Welcome to episode one of Roll Talk. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to be launching this podcast. It's been a long time in the making, a great deal of overthinking, um, but we're finally here. So Roll Talk is a fortnightly podcast where I'll be inviting some of the industry's greatest minds to discuss the burning issues of the digital recruitment market as a whole. Now, I've got some amazing guests lined up for you, but to kick off the series, I have the awesome Jasmine Granton and Bethany Durham with me today. And today we're going to be discussing the problem with progression in the digital PR space. Now, it's true to say that the industry as a whole has been accelerated by the events of the last few years, And for the most part, it's been extremely positive, to be clear. But there are some downsides, um, and they can't be dismissed. And we'll be unpacking some of these over the next 30 minutes. And we'll also be be looking at giving balanced views as well. I'll let these guys introduce themselves properly. But for those of you that don't know them, Jasmine is the digital PR lead over at Newcastle-based Evolve Search, and has previously been at top agencies, including Error and Neomam. Now, Bethany heads up the digital PR team at Local Rivals North, um, where she's been at the helm for over five years. So between them, they've almost 15 years of experience in the industry. So I had to get these guys on. If it comes to talking about digital PR recruitment, these are the prime guests. Well, it's great to have you guys. I'll leave you to kind of introduce yourself briefly.
1: Thanks for having me on, first of all. Um, it's really great to be here Um, like you said I'm Bethany Durham. I am heading up north at the minute which is a digital PR and content uh, focused digital agency. Um, I've been there for five years but I have been in the digital I- industry for just over 10 years now and most importantly to this podcast I have managed people for eight years and been recruiting people as well for eight years.
2: Cool. So I'm Jasmine Granton. As James said, I'm the digital PR lead over at Evolved Search. been there since uh, last November, so still relatively new for this kind of role, but previously was at Era Digital, so I've kind of made my way from exec up to lead. And yeah, I'm excited to share my experience on my progression and also my experience from hiring and helping other people progress too.
0: Nice. Well, as I say, it's good to have you guys. The way that this podcast will works, so we'll go through a series of questions, but then any discussion that kind of revolves, uh, evolves from those questions is all good with me. Um, but as I mentioned in the intro, what we're going to do is we're going to unpack some of the issues with progression that we've seen. To be fair, I think this applies to the digital space as a whole, but it's definitely applicable to digital PR. Um, so we'll go through some of the some of these questions really, and then kind of see see what you think. But to start off with, I think the, the first question, um, demand for digital PR services are through the roof at the moment. There's no denying that. And there is a, a multitude of positives with that. But I think the result is, and correct me if you disagree, but I think from what I'm seeing and, and from the people that I'm speaking to on a daily basis, and from what I'm seeing as well from the sidelines is people are progressing at lightning speed. And obviously, that's a positive. But they're progressing with lightning speed with regards to title and position, not necessarily the, the actual hands-on experience. So, you know, on the face of it, from my perspective, this is, of course, a good thing. But if agency owners and, and team leaders are honest with themselves, are they truly progressing these people? Or are they actually firefighting and moving them up pretty quickly without full support? And in doing so, are we, as an industry, creating a bit of a pressure cooker slash sink or swim situation but yeah, I'd love to get your perspective on that.
1: Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. Digital is booming at the minute, especially the digital PR industry, I'm sure. And uh, Jasmine will agree that uh, the last year or so has mm-hmm. been a bit wild. <laughs> There's so much demand out there for our services, which is amazing. Um, it's so good for agencies like ours. I think in terms of people, I absolutely love the ambition in people. I think it's wonderful. I think we've got some absolutely fantastic talent coming in and there are some superstars out there that are absolutely untapped at the minute. But because the industry is growing so much and so fast, I think we we are lacking some of the experience to fill a lot of those roles. I've had 10 years in the industry, I've had to work ten years to get to the position I am in now. And I think there can be a little bit of a tendency these days for people to want to progress, like, in, in two years, in three years, get to um, senior positions and head positions. And, yeah, I think it can be seen as unfair to progress people so fast because, you know, they have six months to bed in and then they're going to have a bit of a, a target on their back because they're going to have to perform in that role. But I do, as a balance view, I do think that we are kind of lacking the the experience in this industry and we are some agencies are having to kind of progress people quite quickly and kind of put people on that fast forward track
2: yeah I I completely agree and I think it's I think it's down to a few different things I think agencies are growing so quickly and clients are coming in so quickly that you need people and there is a lack of senior talent out there because people are already in roles and it's just harder to hire senior people. So it's so much easier to hire juniors, hire grads but then your expectation of them is that you need them to hit the ground running. And like you say, it takes six months to even settle in somewhere. And then after six months, they've been there a year. And I think they see other people in the industry progressing really quickly or changing job titles. And I know that's something that we'll probably talk about later in the, the yeah. wild space of job titles in the industry. Yeah. But oh, yeah. I, think, I think there's a pressure. <laughs> there's a pressure both from people working places that they want to progress. But there's also pressure from a managerial point of view. That you're going to lose people unless you progress them, and then that creates this whole
0: other problem. Yeah, I think all of those are really good points. Do you think this whole kind of culture of growing and scaling an agency as quickly as you can for sale is, is kind of feeding that? These kind of uh, approaches are doing doing injustice.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think I know we're going to touch on it a little bit later, probably. But social media, you you do see all these um, founders and agencies um, coming up, and you know trying to be the ones who scale the fastest and hire the most people in the shortest amount of time and uh, get the, the biggest client base, etc. But yeah, I think it, yeah. it is a bit a bit dangerous. It can affect people's confidence because you know they, they might be promoted a little bit sooner than they would you do, do. Um, and then the the obviously can't. Comp- perform in that role and I think if you are in that situation and you haven't been given the support it can give you a bit of a knock Mm -hmm. because you've you've got in that position but you obviously can't perform in the role as well as you'd like to.
0: By the way just for just for the benefit of the audience like that question was never discussed previously it's just something I thought of at that point so um, that probably explained (laughs) probably (laughs) probably, uh, took you guys back a bit.
2: I've been really fortunate to work at, to have the majority of my career at two agencies that have grown really kind of sustainably and carefully and with kind of people in mind. But I think what's a challenge in the industry is that a senior in one company is completely different to something else. Even a consultant or whatever job title you want to give it, that kind of midweight, solid kind of, you know, really doing the work every day, that kind of person can be completely different in one agency to another. So that leads to people interviewing for roles that they think they're suitable for, but actually, I might deem you as a junior or I might deem you as a senior. So I think there's just a huge disparity across the whole industry of who has what title, who's on what money. And that kind of leads to a lot of disappointment for candidates, but also problems for managers trying to hire because you get, for one job, you get 100 candidates and they are all completely different skill levels.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. It becomes um, a bit of a minefield when you're trying to find people for a role um and it would be easier if everyone had the same job title definitely but Mm -hmm. I'm finding people who have been in head positions previously who are coming to us as consultants or seniors and then people who've been in exec positions previously who are coming as seniors and and above so yeah it's a it's a very very tricky one
2: Mm, and it works the other way around as well you know I had somebody who joined the team fairly recently and it and she was coming in at one level and it was so clear to me that in my head she was easily the level above like and should should have in my opinion been that level for a little while so it works both ways as well I think progression is so different in every agency and I think some people are held back from progression for whatever reason and some people are progressed much quicker and I'm really big on watching out for making sure that it's not just the loudest who get promoted or just the people who shout out on Twitter or the people who are really good at personal branding. You know, some of some of the best people that I've worked with are not even on Twitter. They're not constantly talking about digital PR. They're not speaking at events. They just do their job like really bloody well every day. And they're the ones who I think sometimes get missed at certain agencies or certain companies. Yeah, definitely.
0: Just, just to echo a point that Bethany made earlier, I think you, you alluded to kind of a target on, on people's backs and I think that's 100% the case and I'm seeing it all the time and I also agree with what you're saying about diamonds in the rough and I do think there are people that might have two and a half years but are actually way ahead um, for their time. So yeah, to be 100% clear, ambition is, is such an important thing and I, I would never knock that. But I think from yeah. my perspective, I've... So, you know, I might be speaking to candidates and they might have two job offers and they will go after the one with £2,000 more versus the fact that they're going to actually have way more responsibility or a clear progression plan in place with the other. And, you know, what happens is, as I'm sure you can predict, is these people will then bounce out of those roles and they start to, this is where the job hoppy CV, and we'll talk about that a lot later, starts to come in for some people.
1: I just thought it might be useful um, to share kind of a way that we do it at um well as part of the n21 group um, but north as an agency as well Um so we meet regularly as a senior team um, and we kind of evaluate the performance of every single member of the team um, and we do that using a nine box grid which sounds a bit brutal but it does work <laughs> so we kind of put people in boxes where they have high performance That goes along the bottom. So everyone in the right column is high performing in their role. And then across the top is kind of motivation in the role. Most people sit in the middle, which is perfectly normal. Um, Mm -hmm. Around 80% of people would sit in that middle box. Um, And then obviously we have the outliers, which could be on any of the other eight squares. Um, But we keep an eye Mm -hmm. on people in that top right box. So people who are performing really well in the role and people who are kind of really motivated and um, doing a yeah. little bit extra so having that process we go through it every uh, few months and that helps us keep an eye on the our like potential diamonds our superstars and um, so we mm. we make sure that they are progressing at the right time
2: um, yeah. and in the right way that's really interesting because again like from a manager's or, or a leader's perspective it's really hard to kind of keep track of everyone and the really good work they're doing and you get the odd person who's really proactive with being like I did this this month I did this this month and I'm I'm, I'm really smashing this but you get some people who just they don't do their own PR they don't talk up about how amazing they're doing so we have something I guess like relatively similar but like competency sheets within our job specs is something that's really important to us so that if someone's saying I want a promotion for this reason this reason we can check that against a lot of different factors it's not just a case of well I've had a really good two months and I've built a load of links there's loads and loads of different kind of scenarios and questions we can ask to make sure that the right people are progressing at the right time and that's purely from. A standpoint of well if you get to that senior point and you're expected to do the role of a senior and then you're not achieving it like you said before your confidence is going to be knocked we don't want to then have to put in any kind of plans to help you if you're struggling and you know it's all of that stuff it's getting people to progress at the right time and I think this whole conversation is not about wanting people to not progress, but because of the kind of whirlwind that digital PR is, I've definitely seen people go from exec to senior consultant within a year. And, and maybe that person is absolutely brilliant. And maybe I'm just, you know, a bit of a pessimist. But I just from my experience, I just don't know if going up two promotions in eight months is doable in a way where you're learning enough. Personally. Yeah.
1: And it's not sustainable as well. I think if people are getting two promotions in the in a year, I think it's more likely that they'll want maybe not two promotions in the next year, but to progress kind of on a similar trajectory. And I'm sure you guys know as much as me, the higher up you get in a company, the harder it is to get to that next step each time. So, yeah, yeah I definitely agree with that.
0: I mean, here's my fear. Right. And this is a bold claim, but when demand for digital Somebody. PR slows, and it will, just like any product, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's going to happen to people with the two-and-a-half-year mark that have built themselves, you know, a lifestyle, you know, that commands a certain salary, what's going to happen? And that I do think there's a bubble, and I do think that potentially it will burst, and that's very doom and gloom. And I'm not saying for a second um, that these people are going to be without jobs. What they are going to be is in a situation where they're going for their next roles and may potentially struggle to get the salary they on previously. And it's a Pandora's box mm. in its own right, isn't it? But I do think this is yeah. 100% being fed by this kind of race to the top.
2: Definitely. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that's a challenge that Bethany faces as well, is like when you get a new client on board and it's quite a chunky one and you can't really resource it with who you've got, I'm always very careful about hiring and, and or proposing that we hire and it's something that um paddy from era kind of instilled in us really early is that like the worst thing would be to get like a 40k a month retainer hire seven people if that client's gone what on earth do you do like that is honestly my worst fear so i personally would prefer to grow slower and a little bit more sustainably to make sure that the people that we are hiring i can say like with confidence that we will never need to let you go like within realms of confidence that as long as performance is good, then your job is completely safe that especially with how things are at the minute with cost of living and with recession and everything going on. I just think it's it's not ethical to be hiring people at such a fast rate just because you've got a big win and you kind of you need people immediately so yeah it's definitely it's definitely a concern but what I'm trying to do with my team is make sure that they are learning outside of digital PR as well you know making sure that they've got the experience and trying to get them to be commercially aware and and to not just be in this bubble of I come up with campaigns. I do outreach, like get to know the wider business, get to understand marketing more generally, get to understand how agencies work, get those transferable skills, because ultimately they might not want to be in digital PR forever. Like, I don't think I'll be in digital PR forever. I I, I personally want to try other things. And I'm, I'm not shy of encouraging my team to do that because that's how you keep like a really motivated team.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's an awesome point because ultimately that's exactly what happened to me without realizing you know I got to a point where I was tasked with building a team and and i had done that but then I started to realize actually these people around me are better than me which is totally fine you've achieved (laughs) what you set out to achieve (laughs) Um, yeah and then got onto the more commercial side of things and ultimately there's been more longevity to that and off the back of that I've got into recruitment and I'm not saying that's the route for everyone but it's I do think it's you know, diversification mm. is is massive. And I think you make such a good point. It's it's future proofing, isn't it? Like, you know, Bethany, mm-hmm. for example, running a team and from a commercial perspective and a, and a strategy perspective, that's so valuable, irrespective of channel, and it can be transferred. Whereas, you know, you might speak to a senior exec, let's say, that wants 30K because they said they got 100 links last month. But sometimes that value isn't enough when you've got the rest of the team also getting 100 links. Like, what else are they bring to the table? And that's just something for people to think about, I think. You know, it might be mm. one of those conversations you have with a junior that understandably and rightly so, they're not going to be considering yet because I know I didn't. Um, but it's definitely yeah. something for the something for the future.
1: It's something that we kind of consider when we are looking to progress someone. We don't just look at the content they're writing or the links mm. that they're building. It's as much about the attitude and the work ethic and... Yeah how they are around the team and around clients it's not just I've built 100 links this month please gonna get a promotion (laughs) I think
2: it's more so I think I agree I think it's more so about that like when I'm looking to promote yeah like your work has to be of a good standard for a promotion that's just basic but you could be you could build as many amazing relevant links in a month but if I can't trust you in front of a client or if if you're if you get a little bit too competitive with your team member you're not going to be a senior that's not a senior attitude it's just not so I think for us like the competency forms takes into a, a lot of stuff into account it is workload it is how you manage your day-to-day stuff but it's like do you have the values of the company do you get involved with training you know if that's what you want to do and we're very clear that with our seniors there's kind of a role for strategy and doing there's a role for management I know we're kind of going to move on to that as well but these roles are very clearly set out for different people because not everyone progresses into the same roles at the same time but for me it's like 100% about work ethic and how you treat others versus like oh I can build however many links a month.
1: I've actually had this in the past Uh, I had one person who was delivering the work really really well the only issue was that this person was a little bit of a grump um didn't really get along with the rest of the team that well and didn't kind of put any extra effort in around the role that they were doing, which is where the competencies come in super handy um I don't know about you, Jasmine, but we look at them every six months and um, just so we have have tabs on those different elements and um, we do them kind of after we do our six month appraisals um so that was really really helpful in that situation where this person was was doing everything technically that they should have been doing for delivery of the work but everything surrounding that was was way off the mark way off the mark yeah it's
2: it's so it's so hard when someone's going but look at all these results i've done this i've done this on this client this client's smashing it and you're like yeah but yeah. you're just not there so you need yeah. those frameworks to be able to like put it into words because you can't just be like it's not about it's not even about personality but it's just there's just something missing and it's really hard like you need to be able to have a framework that everyone has seen so that it's not a shock when you're like actually no you're not ready to be promoted right now
1: yeah it's such a hard conversation to have <laughs> but the competencies make it so much easier
2: yeah
0: If I'm completely honest, if I'm completely honest, I think I was probably that person. So in many ways, I wish (laughs) I'd have had that, the access to those, to everything you've just been talking about there, kind of like looking at the framework and seeing what else they're delivering, because I definitely was that person. Like, you know, I was at an agency going back six or seven years ago, just at the kind of beginning of the peak of digital PR. And I think, you know, I was doing well in the job, but I think with that came arrogance and an inability to work with a team. Didn't even realize that at the time.
1: That's really surprising. I would never ever have you down as, as someone yeah, like well, that.
0: Yeah, ja, I can see Jasmine's face, so she's probably thinking, "Yeah, it makes <laughs> sense." <laughs> that's why he works <laughs> on but, his own now. <laughs> yeah, and I do as well. To be fair, that's literally the case. Um, no, I just got to the point where I was arrogant. You know, new people would come in, and I would see them as somebody to beat rather than mm. help train. And I, I knew. I definitely things. had that at one point. Yeah yeah and i knew these things but i wish people would grab grab me by the collar and by the way like obviously people are going to listen to this and think well he's talking about me There, it should have i should i have done it but it's <laughs> not i just mean that metaphorically like i think if i'd have been mm. a bit more mature so actually i think it's it's great that you're addressing these things because i have these conversations on a daily basis i'll speak to someone on 25 grand that wants 40 and the justification is that they launched a campaign last month and it smashed it and you kind of have got to have that conversation like okay but You know, are you client-facing? Okay, there might not be. These little things, and I think, to be fair, it's not their fault. I think these things need to be communicated internally. And again, it sounds like it's definitely not the case where you guys are, but you'll be surprised at how many agencies are set up with layers in place that actually prevent people from progressing, so they never get to speak to the client. They never get told about the commercials they don't even get told why they're building the link they just they, they become it becomes a bit of a, a factory you know but yeah i mean it's again that's one to unpack all day but it's, it's awesome that you guys are doing that and i'd like to think more people are um so what about we alluded to this earlier and i know we've covered a lot of this what about titles do you ever have internal battles um when it comes to titles and people asking for x and asking why that person's on it title etc is that something you're seeing more of
1: I would say yes it makes me sound like a bit of a dinosaur but as I said before (laughs) um, you know I have I've put the time in I've worked for 10 years in the industry I think my motivation 10 years ago was to work on amazing brands and work on amazing campaigns and really like learn and grow but now and I think social media has a massive part to play in this people are are obsessed with Job titles and progressing really fast and I think I think it is a little bit of a problem not to kind of bash on anyone um because I love how kind of motivated people are and how ambitious they are, but I do again, I sound like a dinosaur feel like you do have to put in you know a good few years of experience
2: mm. yeah, I agree to an extent i th- i think there's, I think one problem is that there are so many titles that it becomes hard to even know who's on what level or who you should be looking for. Like when I do a, a LinkedIn post for a job, the amount of like tags I've got to use because I'm trying to get like consultants, strategists, yeah. like it's just so many. So I think that's one thing. I, I slightly disagree when it comes to the years and I do know where you're coming from, but I know one person specifically, actually I'll, I'll name her, um, Harriet McCulley. When she came into Era, she was literally in for like a two week kind of work experience thing. She came in as an intern. She smashed it. She progressed to exec, to consultant. And then she went to another agency for a little while, I think like a year and a half-ish, kind of worked her way up there. And then she's come back to an era as a lead. Now she's probably gone from intern to lead in three three to four years, which is crazy. Like, it, you know, I that, that sounds to me crazy, but she is completely brilliant and 100% deserves that position. So I think there are anomalies where, you know, they're just perfect for the role and it makes sense. But I do agree and I think I've definitely seen people who have been an exec for six months and then they sort of think, well, I've done this for six months now. I should be a consultant. It's like, well, it doesn't really work like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. There are, there are total anomalies yeah. and I've I've seen them. I've worked with them, definitely. yeah. I think the point I was trying to get across is that, I don't think people necessarily care what they do it's more about the job title if that makes sense and I'm not talking about everyone I'm talking about a select few
2: yeah of course yeah this is something that I think journey further do really well as an urgency because I've spoken to Beth a few times um kind of when I've been in between roles and it's it's not quite worked out for location or or whatever reason and you know all for the best because I'm super happy in my role now but something that they are really big on is is not having all of these kind of like Exec, senior exec, junior consultant, midwit, junior—you know—all of those. Yeah, it's you, so your pay goes up for yeah, yeah, but your job title doesn't change. And I think, I think it is a, and I've I've one hundred percent been on the other side. I've wanted a job change so I can put it on Twitter and I can go out and celebrate with my friends, like because because yeah. it feels like a promotion. It's something to shout about, and it is an ego thing. And right, like now, I couldn't care less if I'm lead, head of, I don't care what my title is. I love my job and I'm happy with what I'm doing within that role. But I do think it takes a few years to get there. And I think as an industry, we encourage it in juniors. We encourage the whole like promotion thing. And again, with these fast growing agencies that we've sort of mentioned, there'll be like 12 promotions in a month. There's no wonder that the person next to them's like, well, when's mine? Because it's something to celebrate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. a really good point. Because I think... It's perfectly natural to want these titles. Mm. It's perfectly natural to want the a- accolades, not even a word because that belittles it, but that that belief that you're progressing, I get it. It's like so a it,
2: milestone, isn't
0: it? Yeah, but it's, and, and again, to be clear, I, this is just to be clear for the whole episode, Is like we completely get, why people would would want these things and I think it's Mm -hmm. actually more on the hiring managers and it's more on the agency owners and it's more on the employers to actually think about what they're doing when they're giving these things out because it's yeah it's going to do nothing for the future and I think what Bethany was saying earlier is I am of that belief that I think you sometimes you've got to put the years in to get the title Mm -hmm. and you know for example you might see an account director now who is effectively operating as a account manager and it's that's okay like every agency is different but when they come to their next role is that really going to hit them hard um it's just yeah there's there's a lot going on with that I think
1: I think you need the years experience because you need kind of those stories and scenarios to pass down to people you need to when when someone has a problem with a client and they come to you you kind of need to have had that experience before or a similar experience so you can Kind of teach them the correct way to deal with it yeah that's kind of what I was alluding to with the years of experience yeah
2: of course yeah and I do think life experience is really important as well like I'm really glad that I've worked in a couple of different industries I worked in recruitment I've done traditional PR I've worked in social media and I've done a few different things so I do think that that helps as well and and you, you're right I just think I think sometimes people get too bogged down and something that I refuse to have on job titles is like two plus years experience because again for my example with harriet after six months she was better than some people i worked with who had three four years so i think it's important just to assess the person versus the years but from a from a very senior point of view experience is key for sure
0: fair play and shout out to harriet by the way uh, and journey further i expect some affiliate links on the back (laughs) we'll
2: get harriet to mention it in her um (laughs) newsletter
0: um, other agencies are available, though, we should say. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, evolved and not, specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think we we touched upon this just, just now pretty much, but I think, is it fair to say that people are value-entitled over actual tangible, sustainable, long-term progression? Do they even know they're doing it? Would you Would you say that's a fair uh, summary of kind of what what we've been saying sort of over the last sort of, five minutes or so?
1: I think there's a bit of a... A work hustle culture, isn't there? Um, if you look at some of the, the influencers like uh, Stephen Bartlett, he he's kind of an advocate mm-hmm. for that. And I think, yeah, I think people are prioritizing job titles over the actual job itself. Although yeah. it sounds bad to say.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, do, I do agree to an, to an extent. Again, like this is something that I'm really trying to like breed into my team that you might all have – let's say you're all consultants, none of you are going to be equally as good at the same things. Like find your thing. Like if you're really into ideation, really get good at that. Or if you love media relations, do that. Or if you love reporting and client stuff, really lean into that and find your niche within your job title. And then you're not just, you know, Jasmine consultant, you're Jasmine consultant, but go to her if you need a report doing because she's really good at it. And that's how I think you get noticed versus constantly just doing the same thing every day but i'm i'm finding within my team that job title isn't as important as additional responsibility i'm definitely i've got like a real hunger from the team to be like i want to try this i want to do this i want to experience this for me with them it's less about the actual title but i think across the industry as a whole it probably is still quite an important thing based off of what i see on twitter
0: fair play Actually, you know another thing to mention here is and we have touched upon this a couple of times very lightly, but the notion of job hopping, what are your honest opinions on that? And is it—is it a straight cut um as some people like to make out?
2: Mm, i I'll kick off because, yeah. I had four jobs in one year, so became a little bit of a queen of job hopping. You mentioned in the intro, James. I worked at Neomam. I think I think that might be a little bit unfair because I was there for a couple of weeks. But that's a really great one to start with because that was me. I left Era, which was brilliant company. Left them purely to try something different. Love them. Went to another company, kind of outside the industry. Was there a month? Just wasn't quite what I hoped it would be. Went to another agency. Three months terrible experience. I just wanted out. So here I am. I've left a company that I was at for three years thinking, what have I done? But I I, I really wanted to move forward and kind of not go back. So job number one, gone. Job number two, gone. Have a chat with Giselle, one of the industry's greats, one of the best people in the world. And I I think basically that it was the wrong role, right company, wrong role. And a couple of weeks in, that was very quickly established and and it was very clear to Giselle that I needed to be a management in a management position and that just wasn't available so um she decided to let me go and and that was really heartbreaking at the time because I did think that was the job for me so here I am sort of three jobs in and again that was the complete right decision from Giselle, for Nia Mom, and for me. Like, couldn't be more grateful that she made that decision because I wouldn't have been brave enough to quit <laughs> for a third time in one year. And then I found Evolved. And, you know, I went from I left Era in January, I joined Evolved in November. And it was a stressful, hellish year with actually lots of garden leaves. So that was pretty good, but stressful gardening <laughs> leave. Um, and I found the right job for me. So that's like an experience of job hopping. And by the way, to be completely transparent, between January and November across that time I went up 12 grand in my salary so it shows why people want to do it because I think there is a little bit of an idea that with agencies to get decent pay rises you've got to leave and that is something that I've been told throughout my whole career so that's one experience of it. Bethany I don't know kind of what your view or experience has been.
1: So um, I I don't move around a lot I have been at and 21 for five years. My previous agency, mm-hmm. I was there for four years. And those are kind of my only two two jobs in the mm-hmm. industry, which is um, a little bit unusual. But my yeah. kind of experience with, when I am looking at CVs where people have jumped around a bit, it doesn't necessarily put me off. I think, I mean, look at Jasmine, she's incredible and she's, she's done it. So I don't think you can kind oh. of pin job hop, hopping down to a certain type of person. Sometimes I can yeah. I can say it's a good thing. So if someone has a good few years at an, one agency and then maybe a month at another agency, it kind of shows mm-hmm. me that they know what they want and they know what they don't want as well. And um, so I think that just shows a, yeah. a strength in character as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like I I definitely would have I definitely probably would have looked at it differently before my experience the other year. Um, but I know. I mean, yeah, I probably made some bad decisions. I probably didn't do a good enough job in the interview stages on certain occasions. And and they're all learnings. They're things I'm glad that happened because it's helped me as a hiring manager. It'll help me if I do go into another role. But I look at my experience and on paper, I'm really glad I had those three years error because that showed that I do stick around if something's right. But on paper, I'd probably look at me and be like, what on earth has she been doing? But I definitely don't judge people now for it. I do think there's a line, though, and I think if someone's been at somewhere for three months and six months and three months, it is a reasonable question for somebody to ask, like, look, what what were the reasons? And I think the reason that I continued to get roles was because my all of my reasons were really genuine and valid. You know, when I was going to Evolved, Evolved. Giselle was like, "Look, I'll chat to anyone. Like, it's it's not a bad thing to leave a job or to be let go of a job. It's it's like dating; like, it doesn't have to end in explosion Sometimes it's just not quite right for both parties or one party."
0: Yeah, I think that's really fair in the sense that kind of sometimes when you see like a three month, then a six month, but then a three years, you can mm-hmm. uh, some people look at that um, disfavorably, but actually, I think I like to get under the surface of that and uh, and see you know, chances are it just wasn't the right role. I think it's more, I have conversations with people that might have a 12 year career, but every year or every 18 months they move like clockwork. That's when I start to think, "Mm, Hmm. is this individual going to do it again? And understandably, the hiring manager is a bit like, we're only going to get 18 months out of this person, aren't we? Now, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Some people might turn around and say, well, that's all right. We, you know, ultimately we'll get 18 months worth of value. And But other people aren't fortunate enough to keep hiring for the big roles every 18 months and are Mm -hmm. fortunate enough to be able to do that from a process point of view, a budget point of view, and just the overall stress of it. Um, So, yeah, I think that's what I allude to more. But really interesting to to hear your your side of it, Jasmine, because, I mean, I I know you. So, therefore, I I think um, I would always be aware of that sort of thing and from the outside. But, yeah, other people might look at it in a certain way.
2: Yeah, I think there are there are definitely career job hoppers, and it, it, there's there's no doubt that you know you could leave a job tomorrow and probably get a, a better paid one. But I, like for me, the anxiety of that and yeah. the stress, the stress of interview, I hate interviewing, so the stress of that, and I, I just don't know how people people do that. I guess you've got to be incredibly good at your job for somebody to want to hire you for a year and then be like, yeah, that's cool, they can leave. But
0: yeah, and I mean. To be clear, like I'm not knocking that, and and I understand that some people, it's working for them, but I think the the complication with it is, if they're getting a senior title every single time, by the time they get to, let's say, over a 12-year period, they're going to be at board level according Mm -hmm. to where they should be at if they're going to keep hopping. But actually, in reality, are they an account director? And -hmm. therefore, they're just setting themselves up for, and I see it, I see it all the time, and and, you know with love like some of these people are really good friends of mine and then approach me and they're looking for a certain level that you have to have the awkward conversation with them say like you, you've got to a point in your career now where actually an 18 another 18 month stint it's going to do you no favors like yeah. so yeah that's kind of where I come um, from in that but it's really like I say it's really interesting to get other people's opinions, especially people like yourselves that are hiring all the time on that note do you subscribe to the notion that nobody leaves a good culture? Now I know this is something that goes, goes around almost like a tagline, and I, I think it's true. It's, it's You know, ninety five percent of that is, is really, really true. But it'd be interesting to get your your take on that, and and whether there is an inclination for some people to potentially use that to be able to do do the shorter stints. But yeah, interesting to to get your your opinion on that. Really.
1: So I used to think that so I used to think that nobody leaves a good culture um but I don't anymore I think you need the full package these days so when I say that I mean you need to have great clients you need decent salaries you need transparency and progression opportunities um it's not just the culture at all I'm pleased to say that we have an amazing culture at North but we still lose people it's, it's just one of those things. Mm-hmm. I do think that people are more inclined to go for more money over culture these days or a better title over culture these days. And that's fine. That mm-hmm. works for some people. It wouldn't necessarily work for me. It wouldn't work for other people. Um, but that's kind of what I've been saying, especially over the past two years or so since since the pandemic, I'd say.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think I, I totally Think that culture is an incredibly important thing, but culture doesn't pay the bills. And you can be really, really happy in a job. You can love the people you work with. You can feel safe and you can feel respected and all of that. But ultimately, if you, if you need a mortgage and you need to be on that next pay band and you're not getting it where you're at, you're going to leave. and And that's not the reason I I left Era, but I left Era, and they have a fantastic culture. A really really great culture but I just wanted a change I wanted a new experience and it's something we talked about you know with the years kind of thing I just didn't I just personally thought I've learned a lot here I know everyone here I want to get out of my safety net and kind of jump and so I did so when you say do people leave a good culture I I did and it took me a while but I found another equally good culture um you know so I, I do think I think you're right and I think with where we're at financially right now, we're going to see it more and people are actually going to give up some of those perks or culture aspects for more money because there's just no option for some people.
0: Yeah. And again, to be clear, I fully understand, like it's it's never ever my intention to sound um, like I'm not empathetic to that. It's more thinking of the long term. I'm always mm. thinking of you like, yes, for the next two or three years, really nice salary. Yeah, two or three years might be generous to be fair so every channel has has its <laughs> yeah. ups and its downs you know what happens unless these people have diversified as you as you guys did and as you said and I think you know that's the way around that
2: mm. it's interesting to watch some of the bigger companies or the companies that I know pay really well they are all definitely working on their culture now as well so from from my perspective it's it's not really good enough just to give good culture anymore like like bethany said people looking for that full package because the places that historically have given the money the big clients the flashy whatever you want they're now getting savvy they're hiring heads of people there's whether it's kind of tokenism or not they're bringing in wellness packages they're doing all of that stuff that smaller companies have been doing for years so the competition is never been higher for hiring
0: yeah well, Bethany, Jasmine, honestly, it's been great to chat. And I think, to be honest with you, we could have probably gone on for another <laughs> half an hour, 45 minutes. But, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, yeah. but ultimately, <laughs> these are half an hour. So, but yeah, thank you so much. But something I want to start is a little tradition at the end of uh, each episode. Um, I didn't mention this to you before, so oh, forgive me. Um, but at the end of each episode, I want to ask people just to tell us one thing about them from a professional perspective. Take that as you will that nobody would ever think about you from knowing you or what they know of you from online or, or from or from dealing with you professionally. is there anything at all
2: that's a bit of a curveball oh <laughs> um Tricky it, it, it might be something people know but you would expect you wouldn't expect it from the job that i do but I cannot work spreadsheets. I cannot do any kind of thing to do with maths. I'm terrified of numbers. It all frightens me. I can't handle data. And I've worked in digital PR for six years. So if you're the same, don't worry, someone else will always be good. And you can give them your skills back in other areas. I love that. I love
1: that. Mine would probably be the fact that 10 years ago, you probably wouldn't recognize me because I was the quietest person in the world, wouldn't say boot or a goose, had very little confidence in myself. And it's something that I've had to work on over the past 10 years and um, work really, really hard on actually. But hopefully people that I work with would never know that because, you know, I think I'm good at my job.
2: <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, fair play. And I think, actually, maybe that's another podcast to get you back on, you know, um, <laughs> probably the pair yeah. of you, to be fair, like, you know, how to, how to really kind of work on that, because I think we've all been there. Really interesting, guys. Thank you. And on that, by the way, Jasmine, if it makes you feel any better, I'm still that guy that can't really work <laughs> Back in the day, and I'll give him one shout out, and it's all he's ever getting. is James Finlayson at Verve was the guy. Um, <laughs> he used to sort out all my spreadsheets. So, yeah, I'm still that person. Maths is a uh, phobia so yeah Mm -hmm. i think you've either got that or you haven't right and if you have hang on to that yeah (laughs) um but like guys thank you so much Um, thank
1: you for having me yeah thanks for having us it's been a pleasure
0: yeah thanks guys thank you for stopping by you've been listening to the Roll talk podcast from with frontier now remember You can find us at all of the usual places, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So join us next month for the latest episode. Or better still, if you fancy coming on the podcast in the near future, drop me a message at jamesatwithfrontier.com. Now, I really do look forward to seeing you there next time, guys. Peace out.